Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with myself. Right, let's try to get this. Long distance charges oh, may apply. Hello. Trent Gibson. Wow. Two men <laughs> having a phone call. <laughs> we're in person for those that don't know. That, uh... That audio you just heard is to make it seem like we're social distancing. We've actually been open mouth kissing for the last half hour. Wait a second, we're on. We're this is we're on. We're this is it. This is it, my friend. Oh wow! I thought there would be, you know, I, I didn't know we we're doing the Mark Marin where things just start happening here. Well, first off, thank you for listening to my podcast and knowing what you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> Second off. I should tell people this, and I don't often, but since you, uh, since I kind of uh, took you off guard, may I say, I do absolutely zero editing on this podcast, so if you drop an N-word at oh, 56 no. minutes, it's staying in, or else we got to re-record. Wow. I mean, I, I can only imagine the viewership is so high that it will cause quite a stir. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, dozens of listeners. Dozens. You you know what the the hardest part is because I do the, the YouTube video games. Yeah, it's that the as you just pointed out, even the boys don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of the issue is everybody creates something now. 
Yes. Like, everybody has some Twitch channel or a fucking YouTube stream. It's something. And even if I wanted to support everybody, which, let's be honest, I don't. I only have so many hours in the day. I yes. couldn't. Yeah, and... Yeah, so who's take? Who is the audience? Um, uh... I know Steve Brown listens often. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean. I didn't mean to insult you. I'm. I'm just being. We're all putting it out. No, it's who's, tr- take, who's taking it in? See, this is how I kind of justify things because I see my downloads, and sometimes uh, the amount of like I don't want to say stress I put on myself because that's the wrong word, and I do enjoy it. But the amount of like thought and like oh brain capacity. Uh, yeah, exactly. The amount of kind of effort I put in which is minimal, to release these things that nobody listens to sometimes. I was like, what's the point? The way I justify it, though, is it lives online forever, and it might find its audience one day. Yeah, if you do, like, blackface or something, and you're, <laughs> you might get some extra views when people come after you. Let me tell you, <laughs> I have said some outrageous shit on this podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I figured as much. You, you, you do strike me as a man who... Probably talks a lot about pornography. Is that true? That's essentially all this podcast is usually about. Uh, is, is that true? Because I did, I did assume that to be the case. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. We have, uh, we have had. There's probably easily a hundred hours of us just talking about holes being gaped. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, I can't say I'm not proud of it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, it might be my niche. One day, if some pervert comes along, he's got a lot of hours of listening to. That's a download I need. It's a, it's a body of work, that's for sure. <laughs> it's something. But I, 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 don't, I hate to go on. I, I brought topics like uh, like I'm on Letterman. But oh. my, my, my topics are, are there's, they're not humorous stories. I just, on a piece of paper, I wrote down. This is great. Fake. You've already done more effort than me, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen what I? Well, I shouldn't say have you because it sounds like you've seen it all. Uh, have you seen some of these deep fake pornos they do? They're oh. they're fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible, and they like get me more often than they don't anymore. Yeah, like uh, I, you watch the Mandalorian. Uh, yes and no. I've kind of I've tried. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I do enjoy it. I'm just I kind of zone out a little bit. So I've uh-huh. I've watched almost the entire first season. I couldn't tell oh. you what happens though. Right. Well, no, we could, but but there's a deep fake in the the last episode of the second season, and it is nowhere as good as some of the the pornos I've seen. Oh, really? Like, like. So if Disney is being bested by these guys working on putting uh, Wandavision's face on. I don't know who, porn star. God bless. It's quite something. Yeah. Well, even just, have you seen, like, it might not be new, it might be, it's more so new to me. I've been noticing it a lot popping up. And you can take a still photo and make it, them give, give them movement and, like, dialogue? Yes, yes. Like, that's, inc- like, I, not even an hour ago, I watched a video on somebody's Instagram and it was an uh, old photo of Chris Benoit, like an autograph signing, singing Never Gonna Give You Up, Never Gonna Let You Down. And it wow. looked pretty fucking real. It was incredible. I, the, uh, the technology 
the stuff we take for granted is hilarious. Yeah. Like, that, that is just something we assume is, like, a kind of a funny thing that we have now. Well, like, the fact that... So, I'm... Re- I'm I called you on my cell phone. I'm recording on my older cell phone. I will then publish it on that same cell phone, and it's just out in the world forever. Right. Like, this used to be, like, we're essentially doing radio. We used uh, to need hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment to even get right. started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and anybody can find this. It's just a matter of finding it. Yes. Which for some people is uh, is too much of a barrier to entry. No, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's quite something. I I I don't know if I the legality of a deep fake porn it strikes me as kind of wrong. Yeah, there's something weird about it. Espe- but uh, it's all in good fun. Especially like when it comes to. Uh, like, if we're already doing it with porns and whatnot, when you do it to, like, actual crime, that's when it's going to get weird. When you can literally edit your face off surveillance camera and make it somebody else. Oh, wow. You know what See, I mean? You strike me as someone who might need to do that. Cause <laughs> I, I never even considered that aspect of it. Well, now that we're talking about it, I never really thought about it until right now. And, like, the amount of terrible things I've said on this podcast, now I can just be like, that wasn't me. That was edited. Yeah. And then you just set up some guy to, to mouth the words, yeah. slap a different face on, there, there we go. Exactly. It, 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 it's it's wild. And it's like, like you were saying, it's cutting edge right now. In 10 years, if that, it's going to be as lame as the, the stepladder was 200 years yeah. ago. I don't know. That was a bad example. I couldn't think of anything. It, it wasn't a great example. If, I, if you don't mind, I, I would like to uh, put you on blast, as it were. Oh, please do. Can I have the floor for a second? Please. I like when I have somebody on my podcast and they interview me, by the way. Well, this has to happen more. Well, <laughs> I'm just curious because I understand you had Jake Jones, who who has gone through a, an ordeal on the podcast before me. Correct. And then after me, you have possibly John Atlas to tell his cancer story. Correct, yes. So what on earth did you expect me to tell you? <laughs> you know what? This, Sometimes uh, you just need a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> is, is this the WrestleMania where like the the match before the main is like whatever they don't care? Okay, I know what you're you're trying to say women's match. I know what you're trying to say. I don't appreciate it. I don't know if I said it. I, I think that I think last year it was Kurt Angle. You might be right, actually, which is hilarious in itself. No, but uh. It's more so, uh, being completely honest, having this bullshit podcast gives me a way to, like, actually learn and not so much we're hanging out right now, but we're talking more than we typically would with people I'm actually interested in, and Uh, I'm not comfortable enough with my sexuality to just be like, hey, Trent, we should go out and catch up sometime. Yeah. Me having, like... And you shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly, right? it's It's a little weird. If it just happens naturally, God bless, and it does all the time, but this kind of just sets up something where, uh, yeah, I can learn about a dude I'm interested in, and then I can get a download or two, you know? That money, that Spotify money I rake in every year is important to me. Oh, you're in the Spotify. Well, you and Joe Rogan, you're splitting the $100 million. That's it. We had to bargain between each other. I gave him the bigger half, but, you know, I don't need all the press about it. Now, 
I, I well, first of all, I want to say that you, you live in Hamilton, correct? Correct. Well, so even if this conversation went well, it wouldn't work out for us because I'm in Toronto. It's just too far. Yeah, there you it go. It, it wouldn't work. And it's always awkward asking anybody to come to Hamilton. Yeah, there's no chance. Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend, she was asking me the, the prospects of living in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. You should come. Be neighbors. It's not she's cheap. Got family. She's got family there? Let me tell you. Couldn't do it. <laughs> now, are they on the mountain people or down here people see i don't i don't know you have to break that down for me okay so in hamilton there's uh an escarpment we call it the mountain but that kind of paints a picture that's not true it's just a hot it geez this is what i'm gonna my stupid is really gonna show it's just (laughs) a higher level see that sounds wrong too it's uh the land breaks at a point in hamilton (laughs) okay and yeah. there's the only word I know how to describe it in the, is an escarpment. But if you don't know what that is, I don't know how to better describe it. It's just uh, never heard the word before. But go on. There's an upper section of Hamilton that is literally like, oh my god, I can't think of words right now. This is embarrassing. That is higher to the sky than downtown. You have to drive <laughs> up a hill. And then there is a lot of land up this hill, and we call uh, it the mountain. Because I guess technically it is, but it's not shaped like a triangle like most people think. Right. And for years, and it still rings true, if you say I live on the mountain, that's like the fancier part of Hamilton. Ancaster's on the mountain. If you catch my gift, like to drive to Port Dover, you have to go up the mountain. Like it's just, I'm giving terrible examples. But then downtown Hamilton, where the crazies are, is uh, sea level. Okay. And that's where it's a little grungier at parts, you know, a little more ghetto. And I feel like I sh- I'm allowed to say that because I live down here and I used to fucking trash it. And oh, then, really? And then I bought a house and I was like, it's definitely a little ghetto, but there's like, it, there's some charm to it. There's a it's lot come, of charm. It's on the come up is what you're telling me. Yes, yes. Out. It's become very hipster. Uh, you, It's funny because... Like, there's not a lot of teeth down here. Like, not everybody's working with a full set. So oftentimes, I'll be like, oh, there's a wrestling fan. There's a wrestling fan. There's a wrestling fan. Type oh, yes. Deal. But, uh, yeah. Do, Sorry, you go. Do, are the wrestling venues that I uh, might have been in, are, are, is that below sea level? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and... Like, I'm trying to uh, think of... Did you ever work for HWE? No. I'm trying to think. There's honestly not a lot of shows I've even worked on in the past 10 years that was up the mountain. But... (laughs) Yeah, but wrestling, let's be real. Wrestling is... uh, And I can take pride in this. It's like a lower class form of entertainment. That's why it's $20 and you get three hours of entertainment. Nowhere else in the world does that exist except wrestling. It kind of just serves as that. So I guess it it kind of hangs out in uh more of those areas. I don't know. Well the the uh there's the there's sea level and then wrestling lies in James Cameron's the abyss. <laughs> there's sea level, Titanic level, and then we're a couple level levels below. Yeah. I mean I I, I try to tell people 
that wrestling well, wrestling's popular in Chicago, LA, New York, like all the hot cities. But uh, I might be trying to tell myself that. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> well, you don't see many people in like tucked in shirts and bow ties coming to wrestling shows. You know, it's more of like the working class blue collar. Yeah. I need a beer on a Friday night. And God bless those people because I'm one of them. So I'm not, if it comes off like I'm trashing them, I kind of am, but I, I'm also trashing myself. So I don't care. Yeah. Uh, now, are you a beer drinking man? I don't drink at all. I've never tasted it, to be honest. You never t- even taste the stuff. I was straight edge for years without knowing I was straight edge. I just knew what, from a young you age. You were just a guy who didn't get any action. See, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say I wasn't straight edge in that department, but basically I was. I just always wanted to be a pro wrestler, and I was like, pro wrestlers can't have that bad stuff in their body. Little did I know, like, we were some of the biggest abusers. Uh, but now, like, I love an edible. I smoke tons of cigars. I've kind of uh, weaved my way past it all, but right. I, I feel like if I were to drink, uh, I would be an absolute drunk who hit my wife and... Played in traffic oh, yes. all the time, for sure. I feel like that's in me. Yeah, and, and I can see that for you. <laughs> uh, I will. I, I'm not much of a drinking man, but I I thought you know I'm gonna have a beer before this, mm-hmm. and I'll be so loose. This is gonna be the best. You're gonna do record numbers. That oh, was my thinking. Yeah, we're gonna get uh, the double digits. And then I had I had the one solitary beer, and I'm like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so. So then, I made a coffee. So I'm having a coffee. And I'm thinking the best way to do this is uh, if I just sit on the toilet and <laughs> as the liquids, liquids can come and go as they please. Well, that is good audio right there. I'd love to hear it. And even if you get something that goes a little more south, you know, and we get a little more acoustic action, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Might add some, you know, some sound effect. I'm sitting here with an orange Pico tea right now, so I'm not one to judge. Oh, wow. Do you, um, have you been ever known to, uh, to eat while doing a podcast? Yes. We've ordered oh, pizza and just... Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, there's no rules here. The way I look at it, too, I try to give a good product. Like, I try to be interesting. You're trying. I'm trying. But at the same point, I'm like, it's fucking free and you get it weekly for six years, okay? Give me a little leeway here. Yeah, I, you know, that's one thing, uh... That no one can ever take away from you is the consistency. Yep. Anybody else with a brain would have quit five and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Let me tell you, every time I put out a, a video games on the internet, I think to myself, a better man would have thought of <laughs> like something that would achieve more views than what I'm doing. That's literally every time I put one out. But like, you must enjoy doing it, no? Uh I'm at a, I think I am that rare section of people that don't enjoy doing anything at all. <laughs> like, like I can't, I cannot be, I can't do nothing. Yeah. Because I'll go crazy. Like, if I have one night doing nothing, I'm already losing it. Oh, wow. But, but if I'm doing something, I'm beating myself up the whole way through. <laughs> so really, eh? Episodes. Yeah, and I'm like, this is fucking shit. Why'd you do this? <laughs> that, that's so fucking funny. I... Sorry, you go if, up. If 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 it does decent views, then I start to say, well, maybe people like me. Now, what? Pulling back the curtain, what's decent views for you? 
So yeah, this is not this is not what you want want to hear when you say decent views. But uh, for whatever reason, Japanese wrestling games mm-hmm. seem to do better for me. Okay. So some of those are in like the two thousand views. That's incredible. And uh, YouTube is actually a little more strict. Like you have to listen or you have to watch thirty seconds for it to even count as a view, whereas Facebook just counts literally if someone's scrolling by as a view. Oh really? Eh. Yeah, so YouTube, I think, like 2000, I think, you know what, this is not, this is not a bad way to live my life, I could exist like this, but I, and I won't even say the numbers of some of the other ones that, you know, I've put out, and well, I could have, I could have just yelled outside the window, I would have attracted more viewers. <laughs> 2000, if I even hit, came close to half of that, I would be ecstatic, I have had some podcasts where it's just like, I'm looking at 30 sometimes. And then other times, it's I'm hitting 400, 500, and there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes it's a good guest and it's obvious, and then sometimes it's just me doing a solo cast talking to myself, and it gets crazy views or downloads. It, so, Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's really unpredictable. The way I also look at it, too, is, and it kind of uh, makes me feel a little better. Not that it really even beats me up. Because I do enjoy doing it. There's like a form of therapy, just talking to people, talking to myself, all that shit. And I'm big on just being creative and just making something and releasing it. It's just, it's huge for me. But if I was to own like a brick and mortar store of any kind, and I had on any certain day 50 people walk in, that's a pretty good day. Right. You know, but it, like on a podcast download, it's nothing to squawk about. But like in, if I was to like kind of take a few steps backwards and kind of just look at something like that, I'm like, OK, th- th- that's still 50 people that supported that listen, whatever it may be. Yeah, there there is there are. Yeah. 50 people want to hear this shameful rigmarole that you do. Yep. Every week, and that is something I, you said that Steve Brown listens. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a friend, not in the wrestling business, but he he he'll still watch all of the uh, the episodes. And let me tell you, that's that Steve Brown. There's a good friend. Yeah, I agree. Because he's 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 probably turned this one off already. <laughs> but I just <laughs> but the concept that he's he's already seeing you, what you have to offer, and then in his leisure time, yes, would want to listen to you. That's quite something. Yeah, I, same with uh, I gotta throw Del Bruno there too. Del Bruno listens to like every podcast, and hell, I know I get sick of myself because I know I re- repeat subjects and stuff. And he listens to like every one. He's like, great podcast, enjoyed it. And then he'll say something where it's just like, oh, he actually listened to it. He's not just giving me the. Yeah, good, right. good job, bud. Or he just did a quick skim. He, he finds one part to talk about and then he brings that up. <laughs> I'd be fine with it, honestly. Now, <laughs> yeah. can I say something to you and it come, it's going to come off homoerotic and I don't care? Uh, I would, yes, I would, I would appreciate it. Okay, when I think of Trent Gibson, I think of okay. many things. You're an underrated dude in the locker room. Great wrestler. Wow. Good hang. That, that, wow. The good hang and stuff means more to me than good wrestler, but you are a good wrestler. But my immediate, like, idea when I think of Trent Gibson, I think of a schnazzy dresser. Really? Yep. I, I didn't see that for myself. Yep. Yeah, I always feel like you are very well put together. You wear very 
nice and fitted clothing. You always look presentable. Yeah, you know, I uh, I have a thing. Do you do you have this? Some people can wear. Well, some people is so jacked up they wear track pants. They look great. Yeah, but I even in the comfort of my own home, if I catch a glimpse of myself wearing something that looks like you were uh, painting a house, you know, what I'm talking about baggy everything. Absolutely. I look in the mirror. I'm like, you fat son of a bitch. Yep. So I I can't even do that. So then I I found that snazzing it up, as you might say. Yep. Great for the self confidence. So I try. I try. I the fact that you noticed it. I do. I I've always noticed it. I think that was probably the first thing I ever noticed about you. Because first impressions, just like right. he's always got on nice shoes. I'm a I'm a sucker for like fitted pants more on the skinny side doesn't have to be skinny but more just the fitted pants i'm always a big fan of yeah and i just feel like you're always hitting that very well and like yeah (laughs) i'm the same way like i of course have like my leisure wear at home like typically when i get home i get changed i throw in basketball shorts and sometimes a a sweater just t-shirt or something and yeah it is like i'm not going out to dinner with it but i do live with a woman who i try to fornicate with so I do try to at least look my best all the time. Like, I work alone all day, every day. I get out of the shower, I put on deodorant, and I just give myself a spray of cologne. A spritz. Just a spritz, and even if it's just for me. But it's just like, I gotta feel self-confident if I'm gonna, like, project confidence. Oh, yeah. And See, even you don't even, you may never have a moment's rest. <laughs> you always are, you're always on. I, it's weird though, because I do find there's times I'm off, but the big thing I try to do is just like, don't focus on that all the time. It's just part of my routine. Now get out of the shower, deodorant, fucking, uh, cologne. We're good to go. I don't try to be on like that. It's just like, it's just become routine. You just, uh, you want to leave the door open because if, if, if you're, uh, your lady sees you and you got on a Space Jam t-shirt and some capris or something. It's over for you. Uh, that, that's it. Like, <laughs> here, here's a question. And we're going to get into the wrestling shit eventually because I am curious. Do you uh-huh. do you live with a woman? I do not. Oh. So, uh, does she ever stay for a, a few days or at a time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What's your pooping situation like? I, I, you know, I've always, uh, I've been blessed with decent pooping situations, uh, with the long-term girlfriends. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm happy to report. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, usually the bathrooms have been strategically placed by whoever made the home, <laughs> but that, you know, that's, uh, that's caused many, many of hard nights for men and women oh. everywhere. So, like, you're not like open poopers. We're not. We're not doing. You know, some of these couples out here, they should be ashamed of themselves with the 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 farting and stuff Dude. around each other. Like, how could you ever see your spouse sexually after one just breaks one off in your face? This is exactly. I am one thousand percent with you. <laughs> I am an absolute dirtbag that says terrible things. All of that, but you have to keep a little romance, and this kind of ties back into even when you're just lounging around, you always want to look somewhat presentable because 
if you give one moment of just looking dog shit, that's the moment they remember. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I never want to see my wife dropping a deuce. I know she does it, but I'm going to act ignorant that it never happens, so it's on you to never let me know. Of course I'm a human. I get it. We, we know how it works. Have you ever seen Eyes Wide Shut? Because I believe it opens with Nicole Kidman dropping a deuce with the door open. Yeah, I can't get into that at all. Yeah, see, man, that that's something that people do. Could you imagine the savages that we live with in oh. this world, that that's something that's going on? And I think it's uh, uh, one of the Paul Rudd movies, the seven-year engagement or... Uh, there's that this other. This is forty. I think it's this is forty, and she and he's yeah. married to Leslie Mann, that hottie from George of the Jungle. I've had a crush on her forever. <laughs> and at one point, she's like dropping a mega deuce, and then she gets into bed, and it's like obvious. She gets into bed and like throws a move on Paul Rudd, and he's like, "Get out of here with those guns being hot!" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, oh." That's not, that's not what you want to hear. I feel like that is how you pick away a marriage, slowly but surely. You have to keep some mystery. Yeah, I mean, have you ever, you're not, you're not dictating this to your girlfriend, are you? Oh, no, she's, she's into it, too. Okay, good. But, I mean, that's, that's a tough conversation if the other side isn't into it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, if they're too open. I think it's usually the guys are open with it, and the girls don't want it. Right. But... Like, I think I made it clear very early where it's just like, I'm not going to be like farting on your head for a laugh ever. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And I expect like I I'm borderline could say it's a deal breaker for me. I expect that same courtesy. <laughs> right. And like, right. yeah, if you got the runs or something, I get it. But do your thing and like just try to keep just the other night. I could have fucking punched her in the head. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so we have two bathrooms in our house, one right beside our bedroom and one in the basement. We don't have a main floor bathroom because our house is retarded. <laughs> so my gut was like rumbling. This was Sunday night. This was breaking news. I wake up. I wake up at like 2 a.m. I'm like, this isn't good. And it's like, it's an emergency. Like to the point where I go, I woke up from a dead sleep being like, is there some on the bed already? This is, oh, geez. yeah, there wasn't. So I just tiptoe outside and I go to the basement and it sounds like just soup cans are being thrown into the water, <laughs> right? But I'm two floors away and I'm listening because I know the dogs are going to kind of make their way downstairs because I've went away. So I'm just listening. And then what do I hear? Like the thumping coming down the first floor stores and then the thumping coming down this and like I can hear her coming to the basement and I just go like, I'm fine. Something just didn't agree with me. And she goes, what? Takes like two more steps. I'm like, I'm fine. Something didn't agree with me. Like, And she's just like inching her way. And then I finally tell her and she goes, oh, OK, I just want to make sure. It's just like any other night you never just want to make sure. If I was grabbing a drink of water, that wouldn't have been the time you were like, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. No, it was like I was having like a Holocaust diarrhea moment. And of course she wants to come in. And then I just have to like crawl back in bed. And like I cleaned up incredibly well, but I'm a naked sleeper. So is she. And now she has this visual of this guy that just unloaded sleeping nude next to me. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's nice that she cares to, to check on you, but uh, talk about uncomfortable. I mean, it, the story was only made more odd by me having to picture you shamefully walking back to your, your bed <laughs> yeah. naked. Although, like, you feel like a new man. You don't realize how uncomfortable you are. And then afterwards, like, I felt like I had ripped abs afterwards. My intestines <laughs> felt like they fell out. You, you went down a clean 20 pounds. You got down to your fighting weight. Oh, it was like the best detox I've ever had. But yeah, of course. Like, when, when somebody has to poop here, it's like, a, it's like a scene out of Mission Impossible. You're, like, hugging the walls, trying to get away, turning off lights, hiding in the shadows. <laughs> It's a, you, you had yourself an ayahuasca situation. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it's, it so rarely happens to me, honestly, but it happening at night is the worst because it's just like you can't get away from it. You know, uh, the dogs are going to start barking and stuff. But <laughs> The dogs are barking at the door. <laughs> yeah. He's running down the stairs. Now, I want to bring up something that I don't think you might be aware of it, but I hold it in incredible high regard to me, and it's actually a moment we shared. Really? Yeah. So, what, what, what is it? It was at Squared Circle Wrestling, or whatever, BSC, whatever it fucking was, doesn't matter. Uh huh. It was the night after a Ring of Honor show in Toronto where Michael Elgin lost the title, and a lot of shit went down that night with him. Yes, he was very distraught. Yeah, he didn't even have his wrestling gear for the next day at Squared Circle. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, he had to borrow somebody's, like, white boots. I don't know why or what happened, but he got fucked on, like, multiple fronts. He lost the title when he wasn't supposed to lose the title, and then they didn't renew his passport or sign him. Like, it was oh, a... Oh, right, they hadn't renewed it. They never renewed his passport or something, and he just went had assumed that they did for like a year yes exactly and for some reason the gear he had the night before was taken across the border or something and he couldn't go get it i don't i can't remember but there's something to it but there was a match and it was you uh-huh. your brother channing decker and bradford Montagu, the original fraternity uh-huh. versus me michael elgin and i believe it was Tarek. well that's funny i cannot remember the third I think it was Tarek. I think it was Tarek. But that, I hold that match in high regard. Almost my highest regard. And I've even brought it up on this podcast multiple times before. One of the worst. No. Huh? <laughs> Michael Elgin, who I, I understand he's, uh, he's a controversial character. I understand he's doing well for himself. Yeah. But I've always really appreciated his work and i think he's one of the best in the world right but he said that was the worst match he had ever had in his entire life and i was so honored to be part of it because if you're not gonna be part of someone's best match you might as well be part of the worst you might as well leave a mark yeah that's for sure and i remember i don't even remember the match i just remember looking over to him on the apron multiple times and him being livid. He was already in a pissed off mood. Right. And then him just being livid. Like nothing went right. I can't remember what happened. I remember I was supposed to do a moonsault onto everybody on the outside. And the match was uh-huh. so shitty already. That I just turned around and just did like a dead fish on everybody. I'm like I'm not hurting myself right now. I'm not trying yeah. to save this thing. Yeah that's funny. You would think of something like that you would remember. But as you're saying. I Yeah I really barely remember. I remember he planned a whole hot comeback 
with Bradford Montague. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, after the match happened, and it was obviously not a success, I remember RJ saying, he's like, why the hell, what was he expecting? <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the worst things you could say to somebody, I think. It. But, I mean, we, are you a Bret Hart man? Big fan. I, I love me some Bret Hart. And Bret Hart, I, I do love the aspect of he'd wrestle anybody. Right? Yeah, me too. So what was Michael Elgin, who was a day removed from Ring of Honor heavyweight championship, yep. planning some fast-paced <laughs> action with uh, Bradford Montague, which I imagine he didn't even didn't know. Yeah, oh, I'm sure that's what it was. That was... Like, Elgin also works a deceivingly fast and uh, busy style. Oh, yes. And if you don't work that style, that's a lot to take in. And there's multiple high spots you got to follow and whatnot. But uh-huh. literally everything that match didn't click. And I just remember it was one of those times I was really, like, in the moment appreciating it, how, like, hilarious it was. Right. Like, I don't really beat myself up over bad matches ever. But, like, this one, it was almost so bad. It was just like, let's just try to make it worse. Like, let's, like, we're in this. Let's be in this. There, 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 you can get into that territory of a bad match where it, at least it becomes, like, WCW bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. where things are just, like, off the rails. Like, yep. just airing people walking around in the ring type of thing. That's it. And, uh... Those are the ones that when you look back, unfortunately, I seem to have blocked any memories of that one. But those are the ones you look back and they're like hilarious. Yeah, those after. are the those are the ones you remember. Oh yeah, yeah, like for I, sure. I really don't remember anything wrestling wise in that match. I just remember it being bad, and that's the funniest fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And no, it that. wasn't like it was six bad guys. It was just six guys that didn't click that night, and it became hilarious. And literally, Elgin is coming off a Ring of Honor title main event. It, yeah, and he, uh, there was some situation where uh, Rob Swaggo was instigating him into a fight before <laughs> earlier in the night. I don't remember the details, but it's, I think... I think uh, Elgin said something about never working for Squared again, and then he was back soon after. So Rob was, like, really making sure he knew that. Yeah. And uh, those two guys together, you can imagine, fireworks. Oh. I've known a few <laughs> I've known a few people to go butt heads with Fuego, and it's just, it's always good drama. And by few, do you mean most people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's most people. Now, did you start with Squared Circle, by the way? Yeah. How good yeah. was that transition? Uh, that was, uh, I almost think that you might have had a note. Nope, down. no notes. I can barely read, so I don't have notes. Oh, wow. But well, you... uh, yes, I did, I did, that's where I did start, yeah. It was, a, it was a pretty good group. It was the last group there. Okay. Uh-uh. But, the, yeah, there was, uh, there was... There was good folks. I mean, there are, uh, what, the people that hang out at a wrestling school are always uh, an interesting cast of characters. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. that that place was certainly known for their uh, what's the word? Motley Crew. Oh. Yeah, Motley Crew. Yeah. Now, what year did you start? 
Oof. Like, if you, if you were gonna, if you could've given me some leeway if you needed dates. No, no, no. <laughs> no, like, what you, you... I wanna say 2014? No, it's gotta be longer than that, no? Well, that's... That's like six and a half years ago, so yeah. I feel like you're more weathered than that, to be honest. That's just, that's just the white skin. <laughs> <laughs> the crow's feet come in early. Yeah, maybe 13, but that I think that would be it at the most. Now, do you remember, like, I hate these questions, but again, I am curious, like, your first wrestling memory that got you hooked? Or even your first wrestling memory, because that's interesting on its own. <clears throat> um, let me think back. Yeah, I, I imagine like you, I don't remember a time not like you. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I I couldn't even imagine what the earliest time was. I just always liked it. Um, when I got, like, crazy into it, was, uh, you're, 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 how much older are you? I'm 31. Okay, I'm 29. Uh, so, yeah, you probably got into it earlier than me, but I was probably WrestleMania... Between 14 and 15. Yep. So, you know, not that far back. But uh, that's when I was all in. And then I never really left that that place. So, The Rock. I was all in on The Rock. I loved The Rock so much <laughs> that when he was in, he was named on the People magazine Sexiest Men list. <laughs> I, cut out, I cut out that photo. Because I was going to put any anything that was in print. Oh, yeah. I would put it up on the wall. So I had the Rock's sexiest. He I don't. He wasn't even number one back then. He was probably like it was like a, he was a wrestler. So they were doing him a favor. He's probably like <laughs> number like forty or something on the list. I had. I'm laughing, but I had his and Stone Cold Steve Austin's Got Milk ad on my wow. wall, where they had the milk mustache and they were both shirtless. So I get it. Watching and enjoying wrestling at a young age, at any age, is very homoerotic. Yes. Like, yeah. To this... There, sorry. There, there, I, I don't know... You might be able to put it into better words than me, but I have no idea what draws... Well, I don't know what draws a person to anything, but what draws me to wrestling? Oh. It, just, it just seems like we were predisposed to like it. Nope. I, I can't I can't put it in words what has drawn me to it. I've it's so interesting you say that. I've had that talk with people. Like I can't put I can't point at one thing and be like I love this about wrestling, but and that makes me enjoy everything about it. Nothing like that. Like I almost wish cuz I'm a bit of a punisher if you want to like if I want to rag on somebody, I can really like get on their last nerve and I feel like if I knew somebody that liked wrestling and I and I was how I am now but didn't like wrestling like there is just Uh endless things to make fun of and joke about about wrestling wrestling fans wrestling shows wrestlers like it would be like I could have a stand-up routine with six hour specials just focus on trashing wrestling yes but I love it like I love it do you do you uh, currently, like, do you watch everything and, and love it with the same uh, veracity as before? Uh, definitely not WWE. Right. Um, I almost watch no WWE anymore, honestly. Like, I am excited for WrestleMania, but 
like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble and stuff, if something's good, I'll, I'll go out of my way, but I don't really watch any of it. AEW, I try to catch more, uh, and I do enjoy most of their stuff, but some, some of the stuff I really don't enjoy. But I yeah. watch like a lot of Japanese stuff, a lot of indie stuff, and I definitely get just as hyped now as I ever was, if not more. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, as you were saying about you could easily roast somebody, I, I do watch some of this stuff now, and I think, man, can you imagine someone who didn't know what they were watching yes. seeing it? And you'd be like, it would be the fucking, be the hardest thing to explain in the world. Yeah. I've... Uh, I've, yeah, it's tricky. I've thought of that too. If I was a new wrestling fan, or not even like I got into wrestling, my first memory is the Shawn Michaels, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon ladder match from SummerSlam '94 or '95. I can't remember. Right. It was the return after WrestleMania 10. But if like I just walked by, I still remember seeing a blur on the TV screen, not knowing what's going on, and just kind of being interested. And then my dad would watch it, and just it grew from there. I don't think current wrestling would do that to me. I think I'd just walk by and I'd never look back. Yeah, I think it would be... I mean, it's funny because we're so into it. You don't realize that for some people it's just something on TV. The funniest thing was... You probably saw it when it happened. Uh, when AEW was on after NBA one week. Oh, yeah. And then everyone was like roasting Chris Jericho <laughs> calling him like fat and stuff. Yep. I guess that is how most people see wrestling. It's just like, it's something that's on TV. Yep. And you don't even stop. I would think uh, if you're a sports fan or I, maybe someone who grew up with when wrestling was uh, real hot, mm-hmm. you might just turn it on to see what's happening. But these people aren't even doing that. Yeah. I, uh, it is a very, very strange thing. And like, to this day, I've been into wrestling for 25 years now, and I think like a lot of wrestling fans, you included, we don't just like it. We like obsess about it and love it. Yes. And to this day, if my mom hasn't come to a show in decades, well, a de- that's a too long, probably over a decade though. But always her first thing is like, why was that guy wearing a Speedo? <laughs> like, that's what she takes from it. You know what I mean? Right. Like out of everything, she goes like, why is that guy wearing his, like, a bikini bottom when I was like, I don't even see that though. Like that's just wrestling attire. I'm looking at so much more than like what's right in front of me, if that makes sense. But the, uh-huh. the average person is just seeing what is being presented to them. Whereas like, like people, God bless them. I'm not here to king shame anybody, but if you're into uh, like, we know a lot of wrestling fans that have a bit of an unhealthy obsession with female wrestlers. Right. And, like, just watch female wrestling. I'm not trashing that, but it just feels like they're doing it to uh, get the rocks off with whatever. That's fine. I I could never get into that because when I watch wrestling, like, my perv brain turns right off. I don't I don't watch wrestling to see, like, sexy girls. If they're there, great, but, like, I don't see that. I just – I am so focused on – the show of pro wrestling. Like if I want to get off and see like uh big titted girls and stuff, I'll just Google that. Right. You're not going to, well, you're telling me you're a young man, Ron Penny's match. Oh yeah. Okay. You're just talking now. Yeah. But like, I mean like, 
Like, I think when I did your uh, video game uh, yeah. episode, I even said I used to, I had SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain or whatever, and you used to be able to, like, preview a match or let the computer play it. And I'd do, like, Stacey Keebler versus Tori Wilson, Braun Panties matches, let the computer play itself, and just, like, beat off in the corner. Like, yeah, I, I was a perv, but then I, like, I, it didn't stroll through past, like, my adolescence, you know what I mean? That was the original custom matches. Oh, come on now. If I could have afforded custom apartment wrestling when I was 12 years old, boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now it's, uh, yeah, you just don't look, I mean, I guess as an adult, you just don't look at it the same way. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, if you go on most wrestling promotions, if you look at their YouTube, like all the highest viewed matches are women in the thumbnail are very sexualized. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny. I mean, as, as we just talked about wanting views. Mm -hmm. But the double side of that is, I assume they're not in the business of selling sex. Yeah. So is there a real benefit of just showing a big old ass on yeah. the thumbnail? Yeah, it's just like, to get that single view, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's bringing in any... I hope it's bringing in ticket buyers for those people, but it's kind of you're you're selling something else. You're selling something that goes on behind closed doors. That's it exactly. Like I remember, uh, uh, Shane Saber came over once for a pay per view, and he was telling me, um, like, watch the camera, man. This is WWE, and how many like crotch shots and ass shots they get compared to dude matches and i couldn't right. believe it like i never really noticed it because yet again i'm not looking for that stuff i'm not trying to perv out i'm just kind of trying to watch the wrestling but when you actually like take a second to watch for it it was like gross yeah yeah you it's a grown man just fixing his camera on a woman's ass on, for, on a sporting event it is it is odd i, I guess they've they feel like it's bringing them in some money. I, I mean, you see the indie promotions. If you if you organize their videos by highest viewed, it's just literally all sexual photos. Oh, absolutely. And, like, yet again, I'm not, like, trying to shame anyone out of it. Like, if it's... Like, I, I get it all. If you're into wrestling purely because you like the beautiful woman, that's a reason to be into wrestling. That's just not why I'm into it. Right. It's just... Yeah, and, and, and for the... For I mean they they don't need me to say it, but for the women out there, if that if that can, uh, I mean there's a lot of guys out there that dip into that to get some notoriety. And if it, if it works for you, all the power to you. Absolutely. I I, I guess my I find it odd from the point of view of the promotion. I don't really know. I mean I guess we're just stuck in this thing where you, you just want those damn views. You'll do anything for the views. That's it. Horse for the views. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we we will. There's very few things that we would do uh, for the view for to you know. We'll just we'll put it all out there. Yeah, uh, and no shame. Oh, <laughs> if I know like the things I have done to make my buddies laugh, I would never think about doing. But you know, it's just you're grasping for that straw of a attention or a laugh. I I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're well, whores on our own that. right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. Uh, we we are in an interesting world. We're I think we're on the same wavelength a little bit. Where do you you have a? I don't want need to ask your personal details. You can the ask conversation, anything. 
this is like a conversation that has now become a phone call and not uh, something that <laughs> another person should listen to. But you have a life outside of wrestling, I understand. Correct, yeah. By the, the, the house and the... Is it the wife or the girlfriend? The wife. The wife now, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there is something I feel... Uh, I love wrestling, and I, there's, I I didn't even have that period. Some people dipped out of wrestling you know, in their life where they stopped liking it for a while. I didn't even have that. No, me But I, I, I definitely feel I've almost separated my personalities. Sure. I feel like there's a wrestle, there's the wrestling life, and then and I don't even and then like there's my other life, and I like I see these the things that go on, and I'm like, who, who are these people? Yep. It, it's, uh, I don't think there's a. I think we might be in a uh, bit of a subsection. There, there's not as many of the double life as us. I think. No, it's. Uh, I'm very much like I'm only the character I portray when I'm like past the curtain. As soon as I come back, I'm just me again. Yes. And not that like I don't want to paint the picture like I'm Steve Austin in '99 or anything like that. Like I, I get where I'm coming from, like, in a, it's a very, uh, scaled down version of that. But my biggest thing was I was terrified. Like I love wrestling all my life. I want to wrestle all my life. Uh, I don't really care where I go. Like I'm not big on getting signed or anything, but if it were to happen, that's great. But that's not really my goals. My biggest, right. my biggest fear was being the 40 year old independent wrestler. Nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. That has no savings, no skills, still lives right. with, still lives with his parents. You know what I mean. And yet again, there's nothing wrong with these things. That's what scared me, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much of that is uh, just preconceived things that we are we've made up? But yeah. There does there definitely seems to be those types probably do get further along yeah but it when it when it misses it it misses big that you you nailed it mike rollins who's like one of the wisest guys i know he said once like putting your eggs all in one basket and chasing the dream is only romantic when you make it right for all the hundreds of thousands of guys that don't make it it's a sad story Right. You know, and like, it's just, I just didn't want to be like, I'm sure you heard about it. Like your parents might've even said it like, yeah, you can chase this pro wrestling dream, but you need to have a backup plan. You need to have an education or something. And for years I was just like, yeah, mom, you don't get it. This is in a phase. But now as I get older, you know, like fucking the years keep ticking by and they seem to tick by faster. And it's just like, man, if I didn't kind of try to get my uh, cards in order, I'd be in a rough spot right now. Well, man, especially, yeah, especially this past year. That's the, it. In the corona age. It, it, it's, uh, uh, on paper, it can't be described what what we're doing. It's, it's, it's something you have to, you really have to do it to understand, you know, doing some of the crazy trips mm-hmm. for some for you know a match that may not be certainly isn't going to be remembered past that night yeah uh but yeah when you're when you're in it which is unfortunately with corona it's really feels far away at this moment but yeah 
when you're in it, it it, uh, it seems to make a lot of sense. Oh, it's the best when things are when they when things are moving, and when you get the momentum going. Oh my lord! Right Talk about a, a lightning bolt between your legs. Oh, well, <laughs> like I have uh, I have a show coming up this weekend, and it's just oh, like yeah. it's just a taping. And I already feel like the anxiety where I'm just like, oh my god, I have plans this weekend. Ugh. Right. Whereas like I, I am worried about that. Yeah, whereas before it was like the goal was for me to wrestle every Saturday and Sunday. Uh-huh. And eat a Friday if I could squeeze it in. And then maybe once every six weeks have one of those days off. And that would be like my day to relax. And now it's the exact opposite. And I'm just like, holy moly. What kind of schedule am I leading? How busy am I supposed to be? Right. Yeah, I, and I work from home. Oh, shit, so, eh? Like, for, me, for me leaving the house, I'm like, oh, man, when this thing turns back, I'm going to be so unprepared. <laughs> I'm going to be, like, scared to walk outside the door. Well, I'm go- <laughs> next time I see you, I'm going to be looking for some new... Not even new, but some nice fitted clothing that I haven't seen in a while, because that is what I look forward to. Well, that's all I can really offer you. <laughs> now, before I let you go, I feel like I have to at least talk about you more. This has been a great conversation. I don't want you to think it isn't. But definitely people have tuned into this to learn more about Trent Gibson, and I want to learn about it too. So, okay. you and your brother, Channing Decker, uh-huh. created the fraternity. Yes. Is br- this is all true. This is all true so far. Is Bradford Montagu a brother? No. How did he get... Well, take me through the formation and involving him. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, uh, Channing came up with the idea. And they were... It was like... He had already started wrestling. I was still training. Uh, so they were looking to fit a crew for to put on the shows. Yep. And uh, uh, Brad was... I think uh, he had he was doing shows as well, so it just made sense. Those two, and then I think I was not even I was kind of like a like it. It just didn't even it wasn't even a thought at first, but then it just kind of came together in time for the show. Like yeah, well, let's the three of us we'll do it. Okay. And uh, little did we know, and I almost so I wish uh, I don't know who the hell you would tell this to, but starting as a team really. Helps with visibility. Oh, huge. It's fantastic. And to your credit, it was a very new and creative act. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so the, so it was the, the three of us for a while. Then uh, Bradford, I don't know where he went. He went off somewhere in Texas. He went to go train in Texas. Oh, wow. Some, I don't know if it was Booker T's school or someone related to Booker T. I don't know. So when he went to do that, then uh, me and the Chan man went uh, turned it. We turned it into a tag team from there, and uh, yeah, for uh, how many years? I don't know. For many years, I, we we had uh, we had a, a pretty good piece of business, big time, for a while there. And I guess because we were kind of like a packaged thing with the characters and just being maybe some. Uh, snazzy looking individuals mm-hmm. as you say absolutely I would we ended up with a lot of bookings against like 
uh, people on TV or like recently off TV. Drop some names. And, Don't be humble. I'm a Mark. Well, well I, I'm just bringing it up because I thought it was normal. Oh, I and, see what you're saying. Uh, I just figured this is just part of it. You know, we're doing, we're getting some momentum here. And uh, especially the, the time off, I'm like, yeah, that was not normal. Because <laughs> at one point, I was talking to Brent Banks. And I, I said to him, like, as a joke, I'm like, so how many WCW guys have you wrestled? Because Brent Banks, I love, I love him. He, he's, he's, one of, he's one of the best. Yep. One of the great. So I figured anything that I've done, Brent Banks has done ten times over. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm, I haven't faced any. And then it, like, shocked me. Because I had taken for granted that I had had a match with Jeff Jarrett. Wow. Uh uh, I had a match for Booker T was the special guest enforcer. Wow. Uh, I had, we did a, a six man tag, me and Channing and La Parka were on the team. Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, also, yeah. And then we also, I did another tag match where we faced Glacier. What? And there might be other ones. I'm just like, these are the ones that I'm thinking of now. That's crazy. Yeah, I just assumed that this was part of the... I'm like, you know, they got the older guys on the shows. Yeah, I did not... Uh, I guess I, I probably took that for granted, because some of those were pretty pretty hilarious moments. To your credit... Sure. Sorry. sorry. I was going to say, to your credit, you having, like, the wherewithal to look back and be like, oh, that was a pretty, like, that wasn't normal, and to realize, like, yeah, I'm, I may have taken that for granted, because a lot of people are so delusional they're just like yeah this is how it is why didn't this happen to you you at least realize like oh shit that was a pretty crazy time yeah it, no it, it, it was and uh, of all the people and uh, and there and that's just wcw so we we were there's tons of other like it's just ridiculous so you had all these action figures of these guys and you're actually involved with them it's so bizarre that that's an option in our lives yeah uh but glacier we do this match with him and everyone goes to a pub after the show. And Glacier just kind of like hanging out. He's like a very nice guy. He, he's like, he really is like someone's like supportive father. <laughs> like the, if you see him, you'll, you would, if you're around him, you would know it instantly. He's yeah. just like a very happy guy. And uh, so we get a booth. It's me, Glacier, Channing Decker, and Ophidian. Okay. For the whole night, we're just hanging out with Glacier. It's a trip. Dr- drinking beers, and he, you know, you know, people make fun of the Glacier gimmick, but uh, he's like, he was like wrestled all over Japan. He basically was like with Dusty Rhodes wherever he went, they went together type of thing. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were like great friends. So like, he was gone in Japan. He was in WCW like years before he was Glacier. Uh, so he was telling all, all, all these stories and we're like, what the hell this guy's look? And he's just like having a great time. We're all drinking beers. And, uh, I guess he had reached a point where he, he enjoyed our company enough. He says to the waitress, he's like, you know what? Next round it's on me. Oh. So, so now Glacier is buying us, buying us around. Right. So we're that, we're having a good time. This, and we're just like, it's as if we knew him for years. Yeah. So the night it goes on even longer. And then at the end of the night, the waitress comes over and like, is that, is that that's going to be everything? And I guess we had reached a point in his mind that it was such a great night. He says, you know what? 
all the beers that we had tonight, those are on me. Holy shit! He, he, he kind of, I wonder if he, that's a game, he, you know, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dole it out slowly for these guys. <laughs> no, that's, want more. that's incredible though, like, those are, like, the moments and the stories that far surpass the most matches. Oh yeah, and be, I mean, the, being the, a mark like us too, like, is there anything better? Oh god, no. I, the, I had uh, one experience. I'm sorry, you were trying to wrap this up, and I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. This is like the worst way to do a show. I should have. I should have. Uh, no. no uh, honestly, I'm at your uh, leisure for how long you want to go. If you want to keep talking, I will gladly keep talking. Don't feel like it's on me. Well, I'll. I'll uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good here. So, we had one match. Me and Channing. We were booked. Uh. Th- this was a, a roller coaster ride. We were booked against the Hardy Boys. Jesus Christ! So we are like we're booked against them. This is when Matt Hardy was just boosted off the delete. Okay. Phase, the broken phase, and uh, they both were not in WWE yet. Uh, so this it, he had gotten so hot again, right? Like that was like it was like really it had taken over the wrestling world. Oh, big there, time! Right? It was huge. So we're booked against them, and this is when they are scorching hot, too. And they're still, what, like 40 at this time. So just as good as, you know, like getting them, them when they were younger. I'm sure they would say that they might have some some more tricks up their sleeves at sure. this point. You know what I mean? So this is like an unbelievable opportunity. So, you know, thinking about that match, they even did a promo. They have a promo where they're talking about facing us. Holy. They filmed it and everything. That was, it was just like such a wild ride that is a trip dude but uh so get this so it's one week to the event i'm watching wrestlemania (laughs) and uh who comes out for the tag team title match but the hardy boys (laughs) wow so you know, a, like a, in another world, I would be excited to see them. Yeah, of course. But I, I have been around the wrestling business long enough to know <laughs> that if they are there coming out on WrestleMania and subsequently winning the title, <laughs> this match probably is not going to happen. Yeah, they're probably not going to make this shot in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, they were full out for a while. Then they were back in oddly. It was like a whole roller coaster. Uh, eventually, it got to this thing where they were they had been allowed to finish their Dates? indie date, but not wrestle. So we we're okay. going to do like an in ring confrontation thing, wow. which was a big deal still at the time because they are they were the current Raw Tag Team Champions. That is huge. Yeah, and this this just happened to be the big IWC show, which. They draw like fifteen hundred people, which is you know like the bigger show we'll we'll get to do type of thing. Yep. So yeah, we we got to do this thing, the confrontation with the Hardys. And it was I it what stuck like what I remember the most from it was uh, after it. I guess they were just they're very great guys. They just were talking to us in the hall. And I, 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 I got the vibe to understand that it means a lot to us yep. to talk to them. You know what I mean? Because they were, you know, just stand there taking taking our questions. 
and I'm staring at him, Jeff Hardy. It's just me, Craig Dagger, and the Hardy Boys. <laughs> and they have these huge heads. Their heads are ginormous. Yeah, I've heard they're a little egotistical. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, physically, they have these huge heads. <laughs> and I, I, it was just like, I was like an out of body experience. Like, it just, it didn't, it did not feel real. That's cool, though. Oh my god! Yeah, they were they were really cool guys. One thing actually, I don't even know what to make of this. We were taught we were like just going back and forth with uh, some advice with from them, and, <clears throat> and then at one point we asked a question, and we're kind of looking at Jeff Hardy, and then he goes, he's like, "Oh, it was like a psychology related thing." Yep. And he goes, "Oh, you got to ask Matt for that." <laughs> and so there was like a dynamic where. It, if you were looking for like a psychology thing, he passes it off to Matt, which was kind of interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, it, it's like an honesty kind of, thing. Yeah, I mean, we always saw Jeff Hardy was kind of always the single, single star. Yeah. So to see that, I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, they have, they have a man. They just got a hell of a system worked out for business, I guess. And they're like humility. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That is neat. I think one of the coolest things, and it doesn't happen too often for me, is like, I think I'm always, and this always paints my dad to be this terrible guy. He's not at all. Like, right. it's the exact opposite. But I'm always like looking to get, like impress him. I think that's somewhat normal for a kid, right? You want to yeah. impress your dad. For sure. And like a quick example, when Shawn Michaels used to do the kip up, he would always say, like, that takes an athletic person to do that, and that would always stand out to him. So I worked on that for years until I could get it, and then I showed right. it to him, and he, like, didn't even care because he, he was just like, oh, that was pretty cool, I guess, right? Like, he doesn't remember these things. <laughs> but if I could ever work a show or get a picture with or have an experience with anybody he bought me an action figure of, he thinks is really cool. That's funny. I, I would say my, my mom has that same thing because she would know the name just from having seen the toy. Or Absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's very true. Like when, that's funny. Yeah. Cause like they, they're not wrestling fans. Right. But I, I had them searching for Ray Mysterio figures in the summer of 2002 when he got signed. Right. For right. months. And then they finally bought me 30 of them cause he's the most easily to easy to find figure back at the time. But, right. like, when Destiny brought Rey Mysterio in, I basically begged, like, hey, let me on. I need this. I don't care who I wrestle. And it was just, I wanted a picture with Rey Mysterio, like, in gear. You know what I mean? So it's not like right. I'm just a fan. Just to, like, show my parents and be like, look, I'm not a total waste. I kind of achieved the smallest success to the point where I'm at least in tights next to the guy you bought an action figure of me with. Uh, I, I hate to bring up such a, a heinous thought. Uh-oh. But uh, uh, I, uh, I, me and me and Channy D. <laughs> Rey Mysterio was going to face uh, DJ Z on the show, and we were going with this IWC. We we're going to do that show. Yep. But Rey Mysterio was going back to the WWE. Oh wow! So he did not want to have a singles match. Uh, so we were, we did not know this. Uh, but we were slated to face Rey Mysterio. Holy. On this, this fateful day. And uh, would you not know it? 
we got stopped at the border that day. Oh, always, man. We did not get through. And then after we got turned around, the call came from the promoter that uh, Rey Mysterio wanted to do a tag match. Oh, it always happens like that, man. I know. If you would have got through, he would have been fine with the singles. Right. Like, it's just the way it works. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will, uh, I'll open the door for the positivity of maybe in the hours of us getting to the venue, he would have worked himself into a singles match. Sure, yeah, of course. Oh, wait, you know what? I have to take that away because I know he ended up having that tag match. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else filled in. It's like like the fisherman that says the fish he was about to catch was six feet long. Like, it's always that kind of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're always going to have something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, you've heard a lot of the fake ones, too. In wrestling, there's always somebody has a reason why they didn't get signed. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh Like, I'm on your Facebook right now because that's about the most research I do when I do a podcast. Yes. And your header is of you and Tajiri, and it looks like you had been misted by Green Mist. Tell me about that. That's huge. Tajiri is probably on the longer list of, like, my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, so that was uh, that was really cool, actually. Uh, so my brother, Channing, he, he, he runs Greektown, and he had, he had worked out a thing with a couple other promotions that were going to bring in some ECW legends mm-hmm. to a bunch of shows. Now, what that meant is that me and my brother were just in, we were in a van with, Mikey Whipwreck, Tajiri, Nunzio, uh, DJ Z was in the car. Am I missing somebody? That's a rad car load already. Oh my god, and they're telling stories too. Uh, and it's a van, right? It's a big van, we're in the back. And so they're, they're not, I don't, I don't even fucking say it. But uh, we're passing around drinks in the back. Mm-hmm. We're not driving. Yeah, of course. So we're drinking on uh, in this van on the way, like from one town to the next. I mean, this is surreal stuff. You feel like a worker. Oh my lord, did I ever! Not, not in the ring, but in the car. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Tajiri uh, had the tag match: the Fraternity versus Unholy Alliance. Okay. Unholy Alliance. Is that the name? I think you're right. Him and Whipwreck. That sounds horribly wrong. Let me look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm burying myself on the name. But, um, as you looked that up... Unholy Alliance, you were right. Okay, good. I didn't bury myself. I'll, I'll say this, uh... It was very nice about Tajiri. Uh, we're planning the match, and he comes up to me in the hallway, and he just, he just flat was asking me what I wanted to do. He did, he was not filling in the spots. Yeah. He was just giving me the floor to, you know, plan whatever I wanted. I love that. Uh, that's yeah, so unselfish. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, very funny guy. Uh, how much English he speaks is kind of a mystery. Well, that's the big rib, right? He only speaks it when he feels he has to or something like that? Yeah, so I did see this. He went to, we went to a restaurant with him the first night he was in Toronto. Uh, Detroit Eatery, where we used to do, have the, all the after parties of the shows. Mm-hmm. And he was he, pretending he didn't speak English. 
And he did that to Rob Fuego, and you should. Fuego was so pissed. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was like he, he took it really personally. But it was fantastic. Uh, where was I going with that? I don't even know where I was going with it. But yeah, he, he really, really fun guy. And it, the way he misted me, too, he had such a. I, I don't know if he does it more often than I've seen. But he said, like, I want to miss you twice. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what, do you, what might you mean by that? That's awesome, though. Yeah, so he missed, he, like, he hits me with the mist once, and then he grabs my head, and then somehow had, like, a reserve of a lot of extra mist, and then uh, get, hits me with the second one. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too inside baseball. Yes. But I am very curious, and this is for a wrestling fan, anybody listening to this. Uh, I've only worked with one guy that did the mist, uh, Kiyoshi, I believe, he was TNA. He might have even been, like, uh, a student of Tajiri at one time. I can't remember. But what he did, he'd take a condom and fill it, well, put a little bit of the mist, the water and whatever food coloring it was, tie it off, cut it, give it to the ref. And then when it was time to give the Iggy, the ref would give it to him. He'd pop the condom in the mouth. That would be where the mist came from. Is that how Tajiri did it, or were you aware at all how he did it? This is the great thing for me, in a way. And I probably could find out, but I'm choosing not to. I don't. I never saw it, how it worked. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> and, then, and so I kind of don't, don't want to look into it. Yeah. Because it... It was just a real experience for me. That's really cool. <laughs> so, I, like, I, like how he hit me with the second one, I don't even know the mechanics of it, how you might pull that off to the level that he did. Uh, I did The funny thing about the miss, I don't know if you, you had the same experience. I couldn't get it off. Ooh, I, I think I, I don't remember it, so it must have came off fine. Uh, in this it, photo, like, you're covered. You look like Shrek. Yeah, no, I, I got hit with a, a good dose of the mist, that's for sure. Uh, but I guess maybe I left it on too long. Tommy Dreamer was on the show, and he's like, oh, man, you need toothpaste. What? So you, he's like, you can't get that off without toothpaste. Because I had been, like, scrubbing and nothing. And then, like, what am I going to do? Go to the after party, just, like, green face? Yeah. Uh, so I was scrubbing. Nothing's happening. Uh, Sunny Kiss was on the show. I actually had toothpaste. And sure enough, toothpaste clears the green mist. No kidding. I would have thought for sure Tommy was ribbing you. I would have thought so, too. I don't know why it worked. Uh, I still had a bit of green on me. I probably look like total freak show. <laughs> but uh, I certainly have that uh, photo proudly. Yeah, that's a sweet one, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's nice that it was, like, it was a good weekend too, you know. You, I mean, we all have the the stories where the guys are not so good. I can't, I can't think of one coming to my mind. Yeah, but but you know what? I mean, you don't even have a story because they're just kind of closed off. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, the fact that they were, you know, fun guys. Even Mikey Whipwreck one time tweeted saying Trent Gibson was like a was a, a, a asset to the business or something like that. Like, Whoa! What the fuck is going you know, I gotta send it to you, because I saw it. It was, like, unprovoked that it came up. I was like, what the shit is this? When things like that happen to me, and I can't even give an example of anything like that, but, like, things like that, I can almost, like, put a stamp on and be like, I think that's the kind of stuff I'm, like, working towards. You know what I mean? 
Yes. Like, I don't know what success is, I don't know, but this might be it. Like, just yeah. having the, like, guys you grew up watching, idolizing, whatnot, like, give you the stamp of approval. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that goes, that's just the age-old, the approval. We're, we're looking, I mean, that may be why we're wearing the tights in the first place. Yep. We're looking, we're seeking that approval. Yeah, you're nailing Something it. Fierce. Yeah, exactly, but, uh, yeah, who you knows? It's it's uh, yeah it is unreal the the idea that you could go from the figures to actually meeting the people yeah I mean if it, if we were another generation we'd have to know the friggin six million dollar man yeah exactly uh, you know like it just doesn't apply to anything else I remember Ethan Page saying one time uh, I think he had he must have like he was a big figure collector and uh, when WWE came out with like the deluxe aggression the ones that were like superposable and stuff they were cool figures uh i think he had like the entire set and tommy dreamer was in that and then he booked tommy dreamer for alpha one mm-hmm. and he's trying to like julian's a, a new promoter at this time and he's trying to set up like hotel reservations for him and stuff because he had like a 4 a.m uh flight right and tommy goes how far is the venue from your house and he's like that's like 10 minutes he's like why don't i just stay on like you got a couch i can sleep on (laughs) and then i guess julian and dream or Paige and uh dreamer just stayed up all night in his parents basement because he's living at home at this point just talking wrestling and he was just like this is the most bizarre thing ever because like if, if younger me was to tell me this it just seems so crazy but this whole business this whole world is really a small bubble yes it's yeah, like, we we are in the uh, the mom and pop shop. Yeah, that's it. And it, 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 it's a rare thing that also has the ability to go to the mainstream. So it's uh, there's yeah, I don't think there's anything else like it. No, and like uh, even at its most popular, wrestling was still very niche. Yes. And it's oh, yeah. it's just like this has always been just the traveling circus and it's just but it's so weird how often wrestling comes up. Like almost any movie TV show I watch, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that guy used to wrestle here. That guy did a stint here." Like it it pops up everywhere too. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the Marvel movies, now you see those they have like a Hurricane Rana in them. Exactly. Yeah, it's always something. Scissors. Yeah, it's uh I, I don't know why that is. You would like to see the ticket sales reflect that a little bit. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Maybe it is for, for WWE. Who knows? I just convinced myself I like how it's like this uh, weird thing that not everybody gets. It makes me feel more special that I'm just absolutely enthralled with it. Yeah, I mean, that uh, it certainly gives us these moments we have because it, it's just like we we've – joined this strange community mm-hmm. and then who like then next thing you know you're with people that you grew up watching because it is a smaller group once you get into that uh, you pass the many hurdles it takes to get into that yeah stage did you ever uh i swear i'm winding down now i don't want to keep you forever but yeah did you do any of the dark side of the ring stuff no, typically the people they have uh, on that have quite the physique. <laughs> you're you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're an incredibly tall dude who's in good shape. Uh, yes. 
I will accept that <laughs> words that you have said. I'm being honest. Yeah. You wear the Bret Hart singlet, and you don't need to. I wear this. I wear a bodysuit because I'm kayfabing. <laughs> the bodysuit, yeah. You, you really went for the full cover. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't even want to see pe- people to see a, a wrist. No, not no. Well, I, I'm I'm sleeveless now, but I have big elbow pads, so there's still not a lot. It's all really? about fabing it. Did you, are you trying to save money on the tans? Is that what's going on there? Well, see, the long, for the longest time, I would still tan and shave my entire body. Why? I don't know why. I just felt like that's what I had to do. Uh, let, me, let me let you in on a personal secret Uh-oh. that uh, only you, me, and Steve Brown, and I understand <laughs> possibly Del Rio, might hear. Uh, a year off from wrestling uh, actively. Mm-hmm. I shave shave the body hair all the time. Yep, me too. It's just it's just the look. Can't go without it now. That's what I I prefer it now. When I have like leg hair, I just think it looks dirty on me. So I just like it's just one of those habits. It's like me spraying the cologne on. I have no problem doing it. I I, I prefer it at this point. But you know that's funny because I always wore long tights. I uh, I never shaved the leg. Oh no, well it makes yeah. sense. I, a lot of guys now will wear weens and not even shave their legs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like a, that might be a British thing. Yeah, but whatever. It's just, I don't, I don't put enough hours in the gym, and I've always known that, so it's just like, I've always been like, all right, well, there's other things I gotta do to at least respect the business enough that I'm putting in the effort, so I've always tried to have, like, decent gear, have good matches, shave, tan. I I don't really tan anymore, because I'm so covered up, but for years, I was always very tanned, and yeah, it's just, I feel like I gotta put in some work since the gym isn't always there for me. Right. I mean, there, there's a great list of uh, different outfits and attires to wear. Mm-hmm. So there's room for the fellas like us wearing the, the, the Bret Hart's or the MVP. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, maybe even a tugboat. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the funny thing about wrestling, too. Is like I've always weighed my uh, like physique and whatnot as down to in-ring conditioning. As long as I can go in the ring, right. I've been okay with not being a powerhouse with weights or anything. I've always just been like, as long as I can go, that's really what matters, right? Right. Yes. I don't think right. I've ever had like a wrestling fan been like, you don't look like a wrestler. You gotta hit the gym more. It's always the wrestlers. Oh my lord, and and they're relentless. Yeah, like we, I do it just to please the roster. The fans are totally fine with it, and I'd say nine times out of ten, that's with like anybody. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the uh, the things that you might you get torched. Oh, and yeah. you know what? The, you know what the worst thing is? They're they're doing it when you're not around. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I was in a, a car ride, and I don't want to kick a man while he's down. But it was uh, Tyson Dukes. Yep. And he 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 was he was making fun of people being fat and whatnot. And then I got out of the car, and I was like, I was laughing the whole time in the car. Then I got out of the car, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Guess whose <laughs> name just came up on the fat list? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's happening on the next trip? <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> It's true though. Well, uh, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I kind of always took pride for cuz for years too. Uh it hasn't happened in a while, but for years 
people would get mean, like casuals, if you weren't really into wrestling, but like came to a couple shows, people would get me and Josh Alexander mixed up all the time when I wore the singlet. Oh, yeah. And it used to eat him alive because he's been a fucking workhorse in the gym for years. And I've always just been like, yeah, as long as I can work 20 minutes and I don't blow up, I'm good. Right. And it would drive him nuts. So I'd be like, why am I going to bust my ass working out when people already think I look like the guy that does? Uh, yeah. I don't the, get that uh, as much anymore, though. The, well, the uh, it's like you went back to like the 80s or well, even the early 90s. There's a lot of different body types on WWE. Big time. Um, not yeah, I mean not so much anymore. Everyone kind of looks. We're in the UFC water cut weight, like phase yes. of pro wrestling. Yes. Which I don't know. I like the I like the variety. I mean, maybe if I was jacked out of my mind, I, yeah, I would have a different opinion. I, that's how we. That's always how it is in wrestling. If you're like a, if you're like an entertainer wrestler. Say like Puff. Yep. You know, well, Puff wouldn't be egotistical to say this, but like someone like him would be like, "That's what wrestling really is." Yeah, exactly. It, it's about entertaining. And then if you're like a technical wrestler, then you're like, "All oh, these fucking entertainers, they don't know anything about wrestling." No, that is like exactly how it is. Perfectly we, put, really. It's we, uh, whatever we excel at. That's what we like. Yeah, that that is so well put, dude. Yeah. And like again, going to like wrap me back into this, not to make this about me, but how I said like I don't watch when I watch women's wrestling, I'm not like staring at their tits or trying to get off. I just watch the wrestling. I never cared about body types because I was watching the wrestling. So to this day, I don't really give a fuck. Right. You know, it's just I was a work rate guy. That's what I liked. So that's why Brad Hart's the fucking best. He just also is, like, in phenomenal fucking shape. Yeah, the, that's a funny thing. They bring up Bret Hart as, like, yeah, one of the small guys. So I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know why that happened. Somehow he got grouped in as a, a small guy. You but, ever hear that? But I think at the time he was a smaller guy, which is crazy. I that, yeah, I guess that is, well, I don't know. Towards the end, though, goddamn. He's... Yeah, he didn't look small at all. You know what, what pains me about the Bret Hart legacy? That he's a douche? Uh, well, that too, but I, I, I don't, I can't confirm or deny that he seems very salty. Yes. Oh, it's it's always somebody else's fault. Yeah, yeah. The, it's kind of dragging the whole thing down. But then he was when he came back and he was still doing the shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was old. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'm asking for a lot. I had, the, I had the original run. Did I? You know, should I complain that he had, he he wore the jean shorts in his fifties? Yeah, I on know. The, the final run, maybe not, but uh, I only have like one personal experience with them, and it's when it might have been that same night as Elgin that match. It was the same venue when he was there right. for a signing or whatever, and there was like literally five thousand people out waiting outside. And he right. cut he cut it short because he said he wasn't feeling good, and then like twenty minutes later, he had po- photos at him at a bar drinking and stuff, and. Right. That left a real bad taste in my mouth, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I go back and watch his matches and discover new matches he had to this day, and I'm like, wow, this guy's the best ever. Well, here, now let me defend the man, because you're talking about the hitman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Please. And, and anyone who was listening to this is gone by now, so <laughs> this is a personal co- conversation as far as I'm concerned. The, 
the the catch I believe on that was, and this is we're talking business. Yep. They ha- they had him sign. They had no limit on what people could get signed. Okay. So if you had an autograph signing, you could have people every thirty seconds another person. Yeah, you're right. But they they had people coming up with like five things, and they didn't tell them there was a there was no m- maximum number. Yeah. So they were going to do it, but then I guess they just being a wrestling promotion didn't uh, assume that there would be a lot of people at the event. Yeah, yeah. I remember pulling up that day, and they were literally like lined up outside for a mile. I couldn't. Believe, I'd never seen anything like that for an indie show. Yeah, it looked like Woodstock. Yeah. Now, to rebuttal that point, and I think that does hold a lot of water, and I never thought about that, to be honest, but you could have just said, okay, from now on, it's one person, it's one item a person. Yeah, when they realized that it was going south. Yeah. But you know how, uh, how people... Uh, might react when they're or like a promoter might oh. just thinking like we need to get everyone in here it's gonna work out i, I know it'll work oh yeah that's classic indie wrestling and also brett might have had it in his head it's just like i'll do this gig i'll make 50 grand off of it he might have hit 50 grand quickly and was like all right i'm good to go <laughs> yeah we hit the number we're out yeah exactly it was just it was an insane amount of people that weren't there to see the wrestling show, that were there just to meet Brett, and he left a lot of people high and dry, which kind of made me bitter. But whatever. Don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, for the most part, the wrestling heroes have been good that I've come in contact with. But uh, that one was... Uh, he, d- he definitely doesn't seem the most alive. Oh, no. <laughs> Takes himself a little serious. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, you're just a play fighter. I agree. Like, also... I, I heard he signs his autograph, Bret Hart, uh, number 27 or something like that. It's because he was voted Canada's 27th greatest athlete or something like that. Oh, no. Or greatest really? Canadian or something. It was like, yeah, number GC. And I'm just like, you're being a big mark for yourself now. That's that's pretty bold. I wouldn't, I wouldn't envision him to do that type yeah. of thing. I could be wrong. That's the story I heard, but it's a fun story to keep going. So I'm going to spew it. Let's let's put it out. Let's put it out to the universe and see what comes back. What's the worst that happens? Bret Hart wants to talk about it on my podcast. Well, there we go. We just we just upsold it. <laughs> did, Our, did you read his book? Yes, I did. It's probably one of the best wrestling books I think too. It it, it, it is. It's probably. It, I mean, I don't know. I from the ones that I've read, it was my favorite. But he really puts himself over sexually in that book. Oh, does he ever? Like, there is no need for some of the stories. It's just, like, and then she closed the door behind her. <laughs> it was like, man, was he cranking it while he was writing the last pages of that thing? That's why, like, his book was weird, because, like, you're reading it, and he's like, oh, wow, this guy's coming clean and being honest with so much about his how he cheated on his wife, his cocaine abuse and whatnot, right. all that. So it's just like, oh, we're seeing a new, another layer of Bret Hart. But then it's just like, no, he still has to put himself over constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I pleasured those women yeah, like yeah. they had never seen before. That was the best, though, because I remember just thinking Bret Hart was like who Bill Cosby pretended he was for years, too. Just this, like, perfect guy. And then you're just reading how he was just doing drugs, cheating on right. his wife nightly, lying to her and stuff. I was like, oh, I'm a big fan of honesty, regardless if he paints you in a good picture or not. Like, I just love the brutal honesty. So that was huge. 
Now, have you seen his current, well, his wife? Is it a black lady? Is that the one? She's a good-looking woman. Yes, very good-looking. So, hey, maybe he's telling the truth. Oh, maybe he, he might be slinging some legendary dick, for all I know. <laughs> but I think it's funnier between boys, between the boys. No, I don't want to say boys and sound like a pedo. But between yeah. the boys, I think it's always funnier to tell humiliating sex stories. Oh, okay. I think that's where the comedy comes from. And uh, let's be real. I don't think many uh, females were buying that book. I'm sure there's a few, but the the dudes were the target demo. So I think uh, self-deprecating that's, humor is the funniest. That is an interesting point. Yeah, who was he telling that to? Yeah, like... <laughs> it, was, it was to me at age whatever the hell I was. I exactly. Was now, did you ever read the book his sister put out? No. It's the one about, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it even got taken off shelves years ago. But it talks all about, it's, uh, was it Martha? The one that was married to Bulldog. Yes. And it doesn't paint him in a good light at all. Like Bulldog, I'm talking about, in a good light at all. And just the things he would do. Drug her and then bang her when she was sleeping. They were married and whatnot. but, But it really, like, told a lot of Hart family secrets and stuff. And I think that's why it finally got taken out. Right. But it was a good one. One for the ages. I, I uh, You love the family for the wrestling. And then when you hear other parts of it, you're like, oh, no. It's, yeah. It's being ruined. Yeah. Oh, yes. Stop. Just stop. Uh, why did it have to be this way? That's the worst part about researching anything, though, especially people like you look up to. Because everyone's got their secrets. Right. Nobody lives this perfect life. And it's just like, Yeah. It's like people are getting mad at The Undertaker because he wears this clothing that, like, celebrates the military and stuff. And uh, he wore a Blue Lives Matter shirt once. And it's just like, I liked my Undertaker as the medieval dead man. I didn't need to know anymore. Yeah, I mean, we, we were willing, willing to go with him on the American badass journey. <laughs> but other than that, like, I don't want to see him with his family. That's it, That's it, exactly. But it's our fault. We're the one, like, looking for it. I guess to a point he's putting himself out there now, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You you gotta wonder, is there no is there no rest for an undertaker? <laughs> it's that's a good point, to be honest. Like why is he ha- like why does he have to go on Joe Rogan and do all these things now? When does it end? Yeah, it's cause even being silent took a lot of work. Yes. And now that he's having this coming out party, I, I know what you're saying. It must feel good to finally come out because he's got some legendary stories and stuff. But now he's already said enough where I'm just like, it was kind of fun when you were mysterious. Yeah, he was probably the last guy. Yeah, he would have been the last guy who had that little bit of mystery. Yeah. I, and, I guess uh, Vince is the like the last one. There's a lot about Vince, but... No, well, that will never... I, mean, I saw something that said they were going to do a documentary on Vince on Netflix, right? Yeah, I saw and something. It says produced by WWE. Well, there we go. I'm sure that'll be a hard-hitting truth <laughs> yeah. tale right there. It's just everybody saying he's the greatest boss ever. Yeah, like they're like, I mean, we've seen this in a whole bunch of other things. They they'll put in like one thing that he agrees on. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Slip through like uh, him. I think he. Maybe it was a bit of an adulterer or something like that. Yeah. So put that in. Yeah, like history history is, history is written by the people that want it, and Vince McMahon is fucking winning right now, so 
and he's probably yeah. going to live longer than all of us. So, well, certainly longer than me. <laughs> I, I I do wonder when anyone will bring up. This is the worst thing ever. You, you I get asked to be on a podcast, and then I bring up the uh, sexual aspects of the storylines with the boss back in like the nineties and two thousand. Oh yeah. I mean, he had all of the hottest women ever, but he was, they were booking him with them. And nobody's come out with a story, said anything weird. It blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, I would think that one is, you think it's right there, but I don't know. I guess maybe it was, he was, I get in, in his defense, I guess he was the, like one of the hottest heels. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Of, of all time, so him doing that stuff added to it, but it, it certainly raises some eyebrows. Oh, you just, just knowing rest of the business, you'd think some funny business was happening, and like, he made Trish Stratus get, like, butt naked in front of him in the middle of the ring on Raw. Right. Like, I'm sure she had a little hesitation when that was being pitched to her. Yeah, like, hey, so we got an idea, okay, honey? Yeah. We're gonna go out there, and we're gonna be making out like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how do, you, how do you even suggest something like that? That's what I mean. And you'd think somebody would come out and be like, with the Me Too movement or something would happen, but nothing did. So maybe it was all copacetic. Yeah, I mean, there was enough of, of the women in those angles that I, I guess that I guess that may be true. That probably true. How incredible would it be if we're talking about, like, don't meet your heroes and whatnot, and Vince McMahon, the one person everyone's, per, like, positive has some slime on him, was just a great dude who just loved to work too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no extracurriculars involved. No, yeah. <laughs> just up all, up all the time. Yeah. Strangely energetic. That's crazy. <laughs> who knows? Anyways, dude, this has been, and I'm not lying when I say it, incredibly good podcasting wow i mean uh, we we backloaded it what they say is make sure the content is uh is about 30 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope we made anyone stuck around but I, I honestly think they will this was the worst thing about a podcast is when i ask somebody to come on and they agree and it's just like hard to podcast it's a lot of like yes and no's you came on ready to talk but that can be on me sometimes. The worst is when somebody's like, hey, I'd love to come on your podcast. You're like, oh, great. He must have things to talk about. And then oh, they come on and it's just like, yes, no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so like pulling teeth. This was, we, I didn't want to keep you any longer than an hour. And here we are approaching two very quickly and easily. So this was Well, I, I understand it, it was a pay per hour situation. Yes, I believe uh, Steve Brown and New School Wrestling, the check is in the mail to you. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, take any of your uh, inquiries up with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 lo- I, I love me some Hacker, I love you in the ring. And, you know, I we've had few conversations outside of the ring, this being the longest. Oh, by far. And uh, I think uh, I think we might have something going on outside of the ring. Now, I, I don't mind saying. I hope so. Let's be friends. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll consider it okay <laughs> i love it dude um anything you want to plug or anything uh yeah i mean i got my video games on the internet uh i have an episode recorded will i finish editing it we'll never know <laughs> uh, i'm playing uh, wrestle kingdom 2 oh beautiful so 
That was a great game. That's a Japanese uh, game. You're looking at 2,000 views. you got to get that up I, there. See, now here's the thing, and I'll leave you with this last thought. If it's not 2,000 views, well, now I hate that video. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of good things coming in my future. Of course, no wrestling for six months. <laughs> um, last thing. Yes. Any song you want, any reason, I don't care. You want played at the end of this podcast. Oh, of course. Uh, WrestleMania, I want to say 22, big time. Oh, Peter Gabriel? <laughs> Peter Gabriel. I love it. No questions asked. <laughs> that is a great one. Perfect. <laughs> oh, that was so... Did you have that ready? I don't know why that came to me so fast. <laughs> there, wasn't an, there wasn't a millisecond of thought. It was like, oh, I'm so happy you asked. I've had this on the tip of my tongue for the last hour and 41 minutes. That's uh, that's what's been keeping me going through this conversation. <laughs> I got to get that Peter Gabriel in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, dude. I got to plug an up-and-coming guy. <laughs> right? Of course. <laughs> and an up-and-coming up event, WrestleMania 22. I hear it's going to be big time. <laughs> exactly. All right, dude. Thanks so much. This was great, for real. Yeah, like, great. I'm so happy we did it. All right. I hope to see you sooner rather than later. Yes, I'll see you in a year's time. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to those fitted pants, buddy. <laughs> Later, buddy. Take care.